It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Do the Cowboys need to bring in a veteran running back behind Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard? All that and more in this episode of Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. I am Marcus Mosher. Follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. He is Landon McCool. Check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, how are you doing today, sir? Good. Let's talk some running backs. Uh, I'm excited to kind of get through this and and talk about some of the guys at your favorite position. Uh, and I'm assuming we're going to talk the most today about Ezekiel Elliott and about how great he is and how much you love him. <laughs> very, very nice segue. Uh, yeah, we are going to talk about all the running backs on the roster, including uh, a couple fullbacks. So we got a lot of players to talk about. Let's start with the the best running back on the team. Oh, boy. Now we're going to start with Zeke. Uh, Zeke Elliott, going into year seven, I will admit, I, I went walk back and watched all of Zeke's touches from 2021, um, and it was pretty clear to me that he was significantly quicker in the first four to five games yeah. of the season than we've seen him, I would say, at least over the last two or three seasons, at least. And then he got the injury. And then after yeah. the injury, we're talking about somebody it's- who was tough, tough, tough to watch out there. But – what are your expectations for Zeke now that we're going into year seven? I actually, yeah, you know, I, I think there's a lot of, of hand-wringing going around Zeke. I mean, there's a lot, lot there's always a lot of hand-wringing going around along around Zeke. Uh, you know, the from the 22-mile-an-hour comments to just the general thing. You know, I believe the 22-mile-an-hour comment because, again, for the reasons that you just mentioned, when we watched Zeke last season, before the PCL injury, he looked great. And I think that we all just kind of erased that part of our memory because it got overwritten by what we saw from Zeke after the PCL injury, right? And 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 I can understand that because P- post PCL injury Zeke looked like Zeke from previous seasons, where he just looked like slow and worn down and didn't have the same burst that he had had earlier in the season. So, uh, you know, now that he's healed from that. I, I expect a return to something close to that. Now, I don't know that you can rely on that for the entire season. I mean, there certainly is another chance he gets banged up and that happens again. But I, I think if you're asking me what I expect from Zeke, I expect him to look closer to what he looked like at the beginning of the year last year because he still kept that weight off. It still seems like he's serious about, you know, kind of uh, uh, playing at a little uh, lower weight, increases speed a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I expect him to kind of return to form to that version uh, closer than what we what we saw at the end of the year. And I think that if you can combine that with another kind of a little bit healthier dose of Tony Pollard, I think you've got a really great running back group. And, and I think there's a lot of things you can do with that group, and it's a very versatile group. So um, 
I look forward to what Zeke's, you know, so actually seeing Zeke yep. with his new helmet and training yep. camp uh, and, and see if he's got that kind of speed uh, back, that quickness back that we ha- saw in the early part of last season. Yeah, and, and the numbers back up this too. Like in the first yeah. six games of the season, even including an 11 carry for 33-yard game against Tampa Bay, who had the best run defense in football, he yeah. was averaging 5.1 yards per carry, which that rivals what he did as a rookie, right? Like that's that's incredible. But in the following 11 games, 3.5 yards per carry. That is well, well below league average. And actually, that's the lowest yards per carry of any running back that had at least 100 carries. So you can see the difference there. You're talking about getting a top two or three running back in the first month and a half of the season versus arguably the worst running back in the league. What's he going to look like in 2022? My guess is probably somewhere between that. I know those are two wide ranges, but yeah, that's pretty wide range. Yeah, I, I mean, I it's just this is what happens to running backs when they get older, right? Yeah, they can look really good in spurts, and they can look really good when they're healthy, but they just they start to break down a little bit more. And I don't know how preventable a PCL injury or anything like, like that is, but it seems like when you get to age 27, 28 with running backs, and you have this many touches on your body, you're just more susceptible. They'll allow these things to tamper your 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 game, right? Yeah, I mean, it's just it's wear and tear. I mean, the, the the truth of the matter is, is that you know, for years and years and years, he kind of avoided these kind of injuries, and that you know, as you start to get them, they start they can start to pile on you, right? And and lower body injuries for a running back are, you know, that's once you start getting the chain of those, it's the beginning of the end. Now, you know, the question that now becomes. I don't have any doubts that Zeke can be uh, uh, back to where he was the beginning part of last year. The question is, how long is that going to last? You know, like is is that something that he can maintain throughout the season? I think it can be if he doesn't, if he can avoid kind of those sort of, you know, I mean that was an injury he played through, you know, an and and and, yeah. and I think that that was it, this isn't like a a, a a a nick or something like that. So, you know, and I think the Cowboys made a decision to kind of continue to let allow him to play at that same rate and, and decide not to kind of throttle him down. And look, I, you know, I can see how after watching the early part of the season, you wanted to kind of give Zeke the benefit of the doubt. But I think by the end of the year, they should have known that, Hey, this wasn't working out. He needs yeah. to rest. Like yeah. it's, it's so, uh, you know, here's hoping that he doesn't have to deal with that kind of lower body, you know, that specifically severe kind of PCL injury, and you know if he is kind of main if he is going to take on kind of bumps and bruises, which is normal for running back, that it's kind of more in that sort of nature of pulls and strains as opposed yep. to, you know, the PCL issue that he dealt with. That clearly, I mean, had a very pronounced effect on his game. Uh, you know, after I think he got the injury in October, right? So yeah, I, every every everything after, yeah. So everything after that was not great. <laughs> Should mention with Zeke, there's a lot of indicators here that he's just trending in the wrong direction, and that's not really surprising considering again he's going to be 27 uh in july he's got a lot of wear and tear in his body but his yard rushing yards per game have now gone down in every season since his rookie year his rushing attempts have gone down every single game from 24.2 to 13.9 which by the way i think 14 to 15 is kind of where he should be at any way at this stage of his career especially when you consider the other running back on the roster but yards per carry has it's drop quite a bit the yards per touch have dropped now in four straight seasons i i just think the days of 2016 2018 zeke are probably gone despite what he looked like 
early in 2021. I, I, I'm a little bit higher on him than that. I think that yeah. he can return to not, I'm not 2016 Zeke, but I think that w- what we can, I mean, you saw what you just talked about. He was averaging over five and a half carries yards of carry, you know, before he got injured. Mm-hmm. So I think there is a possibility he can get to that five yard of carry range and kind of maintain that if he can stay not PCL injured healthy, you know, uh, but I, I I do agree that he's not going to uh, ever be that same player he was in 2016, 2017. The, the, the you know, whatever fountain of youth that you could find at, at running back, it's it's always temporary. So he may have a brief resurgence, and then again, you know, as he makes his way towards the dreaded 28 years of age as a running back, uh, then you know it's going to start looking uh, more and more, you know. In, incapable of, yep. of kind of keeping up that same level of performance. Yeah, let's uh, let's go ahead and transition to the whole reason why we're doing this show anyways, to talk about Tony Pollard as much as possible. But before we get there, I want to tell you guys about Athletic Greens. I've been on Athletic Greens since about March, and I absolutely love it. It's been, uh, it has a very mild yet tropical taste that I actually look forward to having every morning. So what is in this stuff with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins and minerals to help your day start off right. It costs you less than $3 a day, and you're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than the morning coffee that you get. Uh, right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially considering that we're heading into flu, cold, allergy season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network to take ownership over your health. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's talk about Tony Pollard, who eclipsed 1,000 total yards for the first uh, year of his career. He had 130 carries, which was the most rushes attempts in his career. He had 39 receptions. And yet I still think he is wildly underused in this offense. What are your thoughts on Pollard entering year four? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, the idea is, is to kind of use uh, Pollard more and, and to use him uh, uh, with a, another uptick from, from last year. Um, I think, you know, hopefully, you know, we've been talking about this for quite a while. Hopefully the idea is that they get him involved in the passing game a little bit more um, and that they use a little bit more of the personnel grouping that involve both him and Zeke on the field at the same time. Um, You know, I just think that there are so many different areas that Pollard can get more touches and, and, and more different, a whole bunch of different ways to get him the football and, and, and try to help, have him create uh, it, and, and I don't think it necessarily needs to just be more touches in the run game, though I do think that more touches in the run game would be would be beneficial. 
Um, I think, you know, getting him involved in the past game, I mean, again, just to remind everyone, he, he came in basically as a receiver more than a running back at, in college. So he has those kind of skills. I think that the Cowboys should try to continue to cultivate that. And I think that, you know, like there are, you know, there's some speculation, you know, and I've heard some people kind of poo-poo the idea, like this is, this is not really a, a, a good replacement. You know, he's not a wide receiver and, and all that. I don't think that the idea is that he's going to be running choice routes. You know, I, I'm not running him uh, a, a slot fades with to Tony Pollard down the mm-hmm. field. I think the idea is that you get him open quickly or you get him open in a um, in a uh, in an outlet sort of way, and that getting Tony Pollard the ball in space with the with you know with already on the move is better than getting. I mean, frankly, almost any wide receiver or or you know, yep. anybody else on the team with the ball in space on the move. So I, I think the idea is not to play a running back at wide receiver or think that a running back can. I don't know, take the place of Amari Cooper. I think the idea is that you play, you're you doing this to give Pollard, Pollard specifically, not just running backs, but Pollard the opportunity to get the ball on the move in space and, and to create yak opportunities. Because I think that's, like I said, we talked about it all last year. Let's give Dak the easy button. How do we find ways to give Dak the easy button? Getting Pollard the ball in space, you know, for a quick four to five, six, seven yards, that's hitting the easy button. That's giving, setting yourself up to, uh, uh, you know, get ahead of the sticks on on a quick dump off when nothing's open down the field. That's that's a that's an easy way to get a mismatch or or to create a potential big play that could score suddenly because Pollard's so great mm-hmm. at, at breaking tackles and getting loose. So, uh, I think. They need to find a way to better avail themselves of his skill set, which is not just turning around and handing him the ball or pitching him the ball outside. It's let's see him more on jet sweeps. Let's see him more running some kind of routes from the slot. Let's see him more coming out of the backfield and running routes. I think those are all ways that you can marry a creative offensive coordinator with a a yak weapon that could really, you know, give a huge boost to this offense. I just think the Cowboys need to find ways to get him the ball. And I and I hear the arguments on Twitter all the time that, listen, he's not as good of a pass protector as Ezekiel Elliott. That's fine. He's not as good of an inside runner as Ezekiel Elliott. That's fine. What I know is over the last three years, nobody has hit a big play, which is a 20-yard reception or a 10-yard run at a higher rate than Tony Pollard. I think that stat can be a little noisy on a one-year sample size, but we've got three years of data that shows he just creates big plays whenever he touches the ball. He had the second most big plays in the Cowboys team last year behind only CeeDee Lamb, and he had 160 touches. Like, they should be trying to get this guy 220 touches a season because he's just so dynamic with football in his hands. And if it means giving up a little bit as an inside runner and a little bit in pass protection, I think that's okay because – you mentioned it. I, I think he's so dynamic with the ball in his hands that you trust him more than most receivers in the entire NFL. So why not try to find ways to get him more touches? <clears throat> I will push back a little bit here because I do think he's n- he's more than just not good at pass protection. I think he's he's pretty bad at it. Like I mean, okay. and to the and point where, but, but there's and other I think running backs what, in the league that are bad in pass protection. That, that, I think that that's absolutely good. true. I think the the what I, and what I'm what I'm I'm not criticizing him. What I'm actually going to criticize is that 
the Cowboys need to find a way to get him on the field for passing situations where he's not pass protecting. Yeah. Like if that means if that means moving him into the slot pre-snap or just ha- not having him as part of your protection plan right. on a regular have, basis. The, the Saints don't do. waste Alvin Kamara pass pro, right? They use him as part of the reason that teams can't blitz, right? Because as soon as you bring the fifth or sixth rusher, they're throwing a little pass out to, to Kamara in the flat and he's taking it for 15 yards, right? Do things like that where you, you know, can you can kind of limit your exposure to him, you know, taking on linebackers and safeties and that kind of stuff. And this is the hope that if with an improved offensive line, with a, maybe a little more stout up front offensive line, you can do more five protection schemes. And especially and also with the with a healthier Dak, I think you can do more five man protection schemes, not have to worry about having your running back in as much. Look, they're still gonna want Zeke in, you know, in six six man protection schemes when they're blocking. I understand he's probably the best pass blocking. Uh, running back in the league, he may be one of the best pass blocking uh, running backs in history. Uh, but I think that you know that should not mean that those are the only types of roles for your running backs in the passing game. Pollard's a different type of player that should be taken advantage of. Use his skill set instead of trying to ham fist him into Zeke's role uh, yeah. on a third down situation when that's he, he's a different type of player. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Landon, the next player that we need to talk about, Rico Dattle. Uh, this is one of your guys, I feel like. I, I feel like you're taking ownership of him pretty quickly in the process. So I, I, the floor is yours. Go ahead and tell us about Rico. Well, I mean, I didn't, really claim, I didn't realize that I had claimed him so heavily. But, yeah, I mean, I think Rico is a guy that, you know, came out of South Carolina, um, you know, kind of went under the radar. Clearly there was some sort of – uh, you know, disagreement with the coaching staff there. Some kind of, they obviously did not see it eye to eye. Uh, he didn't get uh, the opportunity that it feels like he should have just based on what we are seeing from him post-draft or post him coming into the NFL. This is a guy that is, you know, small, you know, he's, he's explosive. He's powerful. He's, uh, he's you know, a little bit smaller, but he's got, you know, that good speed. He's got good, you know, uh, sh- good hips, Despite we'll talk about his hip injury, we'll see. Uh, but I think he has some kind of you know some some kind of t- Tony Pollard to his game a little bit, where he's explosive. He can take it. And he's he's a threat with the with his uh, with the ball in his hands. Um, you know, I, I think he is still developing. Um, I think that was clearly last year was really going to be a big year for him. I think because it was going to be an opportunity. I, I felt like that they were going to maybe even potentially give him some snaps um, on offense without injury. You know. Um, and then, unfortunately, he got a pretty serious hip injury, and um, it's it's the kind of thing that he's still sort of rehabbing from. I don't think he's back yet, from what we've heard. Uh, hopefully, he'll be back in the tra- in, in training camp. I, I, I'm thinking, uh, you know, Dowdle's at an interesting point in his career, right? Because you know they they've they've got uh, Ryan Nall, who they signed, who is you know we'll talk about him in a bit, but. I, I, I do think that, you know, they want Dowdle to take that third running back job. They want him to be that guy. Uh, the, the question is, is that 
can he recover from that injury in time to kind of earn that spot back? Mm -hmm. uh, or are they going to either have to hand it to Ryan Nall with maybe another veteran signed in um, or, you know, what, what's going to, what is it going to look like in training camp? So that I, you know, the thing with Dowdle is that he at this point has a huge uh, uh, spectrum of, of outcomes that could happen to him, whether it's, being the third running back on this team or potentially being cut. Like I, I, I think it's all going to depend on exactly how his rehab went, how quickly he can get back to that kind of speed that and, and explosiveness that he had earlier. Um, and, and whether that he's kind of find, found a way despite having a hip injury to kind of take another step in his game. Um, Cause I know that the Cowboys like him a lot. And I think he has shown the ability to kind of physical ability to play in this league if he needs to. It's, it's a make or break year for him, right? He'll be 24 by the time training camp kicks off. He needs to make an impact. He needs to have a really good training camp because if he doesn't, I don't think the Cowboys are just going to keep him on the roster because they kind of like him. Like they'll, they'll either have to go out and get somebody else. They'll, they'll promote Riot uh, Nall a little bit. Maybe they'll use some more uh, Nick Ralston. Uh, we'll see. But I think he's probably the favorite to be the third running back right now. But it's certainly not etched in stone or anything like Absolutely that. Not. He's got to earn his spot on the team. They've given him a runway to to to, to earn the job, but there's still a lot of stuff that he's got to be able to overcome, you know, on his own in order yep. to do it. Yep. Uh, all right. Let's Absolutely. keep moving on. We've got a lot of running backs to still to talk about. Jaquan Hardy, uh, who we saw last year during training camp and during the preseason, uh, he was on the practice squad for most of the year. He was a hard knocks favorite. What do you think about Hardy going into year two? Uh, he was UDFA last year. Year two, are you excited about him at all? I'm not. Like, I, like, I, look, I, I think he's seems like a good guy. So when I'm root, rooting for, you know, all that, but it's like he's undersized. He's not explosive. Not yeah. He doesn't have a lot of speed. He's not going to play special teams really for you. What are we doing here, honestly? To That's me. He feels like the type of running back that you keep on the practice squad for another year because if you need somebody to come in and give you snaps, he can do it and it can be admirable and he can play hard and he's going to run tough. But I don't think he gives your offense any boost, right? He's not elevating the players around you. He's not somebody that defenses have to worry about. It's just he can do a workman type job. Yeah, I just I don't I don't understand these kind of of players on the team. Yeah. You know, it's like if you're a down roster running back, be a special teams ace or be an incredibly explosive athlete. Don't be neither. Like I, I no offense to Hardy, but it's just, he, yeah, like he's definitely special. Uh, uh, I think he's, you know, practice squad is his ceiling, right? Like, so he probably uh, needs a really good camp and preseason to earn a spot on the practice squad, even though they've, they've, they've remained having 16 players on the practice squad. There's a whole bunch of new running backs that just came into, you know, <laughs> that came into the equation now, right? We've we've got other uh, unathletic running backs that we can uh, have as our third running back if if we wanted Malik Davis. He's younger than uh, than yeah, Jaquan Hardy. So, oh, sorry. Oh wow. Uh, yeah. So I think you know I, I I don't get it with Hardy. Like it, it feels like a pet cat situation to me. Um, We'll see. I, I don't. Really I mean, maybe he makes a big leap in year two, and he just becomes more comfortable in the scheme. But I think, I think you're probably right. But he still comes in the same package, right? He's still undersized, still not fast, still not quick. You yeah. know, so yeah, it's it's tough. 
It's tough. Uh, the Cowboys also have two other running backs on the roster right now, Malik Davis, Aaron Shampkin. But I want to talk about the fullbacks because you love fullbacks. Uh, we got a little bit of a battle here, right? Yeah, Ryan fullback Nall battle. <laughs> and Nick Ralston. Nall is the probably the better special team or the better pure runner. Um, what do you think about that battle? Well, yeah, I mean, it's interesting because much like uh, uh, the, I mean, this is the modern fullback uh, 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 depth chart battle, right? Where they're yep. not actually competing with each other, honestly. I mean, because really, what Ryan Nall does is that he has the potential to be your third running back, your fourth running back if you want, and be a fullback with mm-hmm. some special teams. Ralston is more of a pure fullback type with special teams prowess, right? So I think Nall is a guy who can play special teams, has played a lot of special teams before, whereas I feel like Ralston like, is a more kind of physical uh, uh, player, more you know, uh, kind of a tough, almost more linebacker-type fullback who is who you actually feel like could dig out linebackers, dig out defensive linemen in the hole. I think if you're asking me who the better fullback is, like just as that position goes, I would assume it would be Ralston because Raul Nall has done some of that, but not a lot of that. He's more of a pure running back. I would say that Nall is kind of more your and I and I compared it to him before Rod Smith type of fullback where a hybrid, he's. Right? Yeah, a hybrid. He can play fullback. He can line up there. He can block. Um, but I think that, you know, for the most part, he's going to make his offensive, hey, catching the football, being a, a runner, uh, you know, being a physical presence with the football in his hands, as opposed to being a guy who's, you know, pancaking defensive tackles as they're more lining up in a knife formation. Jameez Olawali? Yeah, I mean... Although he's a better runner than Olawale ever was. Yeah, maybe. He's not quite the athlete that Olawale was. But, uh, yeah, I think that he's probably – he's more of a running back. I, I, again, I think Rod Smith is – Yeah, Rod Smith's probably better than yeah. You know, like, I mean, I, he's a bigger dude. He's He's got more finesse to his game for someone that's that's that size than you normally see. Um, so – and there's, a, there's not quite the same physicality to his game. I agree. Uh, that, that you would normally expect from somebody in that package. All right. Uh, as always, we're going to run through some free agents just to see if there's anybody out there that would interest you, Landon. Uh, because I do think the RB3 spot is up for grabs, whether it is Jake Juan Hardy, whether it's Rico, whether it's Ryan Nall. But here are the free agents out there. David Johnson, Jalen Richard, Devontae Booker, Latavius Murray, Devontae Freeman. Peyton Barber is at least a little bit interesting because he can play on special teams and passing downs. Jarek McKinnon, Corey Clement, who the Cowboys had last year, who played a lot of snaps. Um, and then Justin Jefferson or Justin Jackson, uh, Le'Veon Bell. Did anybody there interest you? I mean, honestly, Barber and Clement do because, I mean, you're playing a role. You're, you're not really yeah. necessarily bring, being brought in here to, to, to come in and, and compete. And, and you know, the, the truth of the matter is whoever it is, I can't imagine that they're coming in you know, before like two weeks before you know, the season starts. Yeah, I, I have to. I have to imagine they're going to give all these young guys every single opportunity to take these snaps, um, unless they get injured. Obviously, I think Peyton Barber's likely going to do exactly what he did last year: wait until about week four or week five, and then sign a deal with the team that needs a running back, and just kind of get paid week by week, and go to a situation where we're going to he's going to play. He did that last year with the Raiders. Ended up uh, playing eleven games for them. Um, and, Got a lot of touches. So 
I wouldn't be surprised if the Cowboys do something like that. I also think they just want to see what the UDFAs have. I'd rather give those guys as many snaps as possible. And if you need to go pick up Peyton Barber or Jalen Richard in September, you can because they'll be available, along with probably nine other veteran running backs that are currently on teams. Yeah, I mean, again, there's there's never going to be a shortage of, of capable running backs in, on the street, you know. Uh, so I, I think are you saying that running not, backs are like replaceable and you can just kind of shuffle them in and out at a certain level? Yes, they are. It's kind of like wide receivers. Uh, uh it's, <laughs> uh, yes. I mean, at a certain point, yeah, they, they are interchangeable because there's tons of them. There are um, tons. and so I think that, you know, at a certain level, if you're looking for, you know, wide receiver, I mean, running back three, then, uh, then you can probably, you know, find that guy on the street without too much problem. You know, no matter what point of the year it is, I think those guys, they come out every single year and, uh, and, and they're, they're waiting on the street for someone to pick them up. Absolutely. Uh, all right. That is it for today's show. We want to thank you guys for making Locked On Cowboys your first listen of the day. Now make uh, for your second listen, the Locked On NFL podcast, our national NFL experts and insiders, Keep fans dialed in with the biggest stories and the latest news from around the league. Follow Locked On NFL every day on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast, just like wherever you get the Locked On Cowboys podcast. Uh, you can check us out on YouTube, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You can follow the show at Locked On Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. Enjoy your Memorial Day weekend. We'll see you guys next time. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.